0: Filmmaker Commentary, episode 89. Welcome to Filmmaker Commentary, where we give you insights from our favorite filmmaking commentaries. These commentaries can be heard on your DVD and Blu-rays of your favorite movies. We'll show you how you can use these commentaries and apply them to improve your video production and filmmaking techniques. All this here on Filmmaker Commentary. I'm your host, Reginald Titus Jr. Welcome to Filmmaker Commentary. I'm Reginald Titus Jr. I'm joined with... Casey G. Smith, welcome back, sir. Good to be back, sir. Today we're talking about Pleasantville, nineteen ninety-eight, written, directed, and produced by Gary Ross. Uh, we had a budget of sixty million. Box office of forty million domestically and nine million internationally.
1: Total of forty-nine million. That's an L. Yeah, not not including P and L. Uh, yeah. Or P and A. Um, that's that was shocking to see. Yeah. It, no, did not did not make money. No Bueno. No Bueno. It's
0: a good film, too, so it's um, yeah. it's a wonder. Maybe this was like John August. We talked about script notes, and I think one of, uh, who's his uh, co-host on this podcast? Craig Mason? Mason? I think they said it was like, I think it was him that said, this movie, it started out great, and then it started getting too preachy. You know what I'm saying? I remember him saying that a while back. I think it made a lot of people feel uncomfortable <laughs> domestically.
1: Sure, but there have been plenty of movies that have made people feel uncomfortable that have... I don't know. Uh, made, made money. I should have. I should have saw what the critics thought, but uh, I was surprised to see that it didn't do well. Again, I didn't see this until years later. So I mean, <laughs> this wasn't. On, I mean, it wasn't on my radar when it first came out. I was right. like, "What's this?" You know, and <laughs> didn't give it a second thought at the time. Right. But, and I'm trying to figure out what made me watch it initially, even even before you know this go around.
0: Think within that same year, Jim Carrey's movie that came out, uh, The Truman, the Truman, Truman Show, Show mm-hmm. which I think did pretty well. But it's kind of like almost on the same premise, like trying to break out of your world. That was 98. Same year. Yeah. So you had those two films, at the same year. And um, how do you kind of distance yourself without, like marketing-wise?
1: And that's that thing that Hollywood does sometimes where you have two movies being produced sometimes at the same time, Mm -hmm. either dealing with similar or sometimes the same topic. Like when Jungle Book came out a couple of years ago, you Mm -hmm. had Disney's version, but then... At the same time, um, Andy Serkis was working on his version of, of of Jungle Book. Wow! Which I think it eventually ended up going. I think directly to Netflix. It had delays, and I think it ended up going directly to Netflix. Which I didn't watch either. The John Favreau was yeah, the better one. Favreau's Oh man, it's okay. pretty good. Yeah, it's I pretty heard,
0: pretty good. Uh, yeah, John, he's a good good director.
1: He's solid. Just didn't move me. <laughs> Fair enough. Visually, though, when it came out, visually, it yeah. was like, as far as like mm-hmm. animals, digitized animals, you're like, no way. This, this, come on, no. This is what? that it?
0: Yeah, I seen the. Um, I scanned through the new Lion King
1: because they used like the same technology, right? Right, and that's what that's what got that greenlit was because of how Jungle Book came out because uh, everything in Jungle Book is all green screen. You have one kid, one real kid. Everything else, all green screen. Computer. That that's what impressed me about it. I'm like, this is,
0: which is, I mean, nothing new. Amazing. Robert Rodriguez kind of, but I mean, led the way. Sin I mean, City. everything, Sin City. everything in Sin City. Well, the people. No, that's what you mean. That's right. what you're saying. This, I'm the saying, characters are computer
1: generated. I'm saying, every, no, this kid literally spent however many months in a little studio space because I mean, the, the 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 ground, the water, everything is all digitized, mm-hmm. and it's just this kid on a, you know, green screen playground, apparently. I'm, and, and all the animals, I'm like, the sky, I'm like, what? That's, 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 know, that's super, super impressive to me. <laughs> yeah, but I, I
0: think when Robert Rodriguez and George Lucas, when they were doing their thing, especially Robert Rodriguez with Sin City, and that's all they were doing. Everybody came down to Austin, Texas, was just in the green room doing their thing. There's like one sequence that actually was a location, which was the bar sequence, but everybody else was just, looking at a little ball in a green room.
1: That's true. That's true. Yeah, I've seen the behind the scenes of that, but it's also it's also a super stylized look mm-hmm. versus this is trying to replicate nature. I don't know. Again, Sin City's super impressive. Super impressive for its time. It, it was a long time movie. ago. Yeah, Amazing. Uh, but yeah, but Jungle Book... It should Book be better. The graphics get, should be yeah. better. <laughs> it better be. You think it's time to improve? Yeah. yeah if you wanna.
0: <laughs> if you wanna. <laughs> Yeah, but I scanned through Lion King on the Disney thing. I I, I literally scanned through it like
1: I saw it. Okay, I haven't I haven't I haven't been moved to watch it. Lion King's not my favorite Disney film. It's, it's there. It's, <laughs> I said it. It's, it's it's cool. It's out there. It's out there. Everybody's like, because <gasps> here's okay. <laughs> here's my issue. Uh oh. It's not with the story of Lion King. It's not with the characters. It's that in a time where. When you look at all the other Disney movies that mm-hmm. had come out, the animated Disney movies that had come out up until then, yeah, you, you would see all kinds of different representation. Okay. But then, in a film that, you know, casts some different black actors in it, obviously we have James Earl Jones, um, we have our our uh, Robert Guillaume, but.
0: Jason the, Weaver singing the songs.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, from. Uh, you know, played Michael Jackson back there in the go. day, mm-hmm. American Dream. But we don't. Even within the film set in Africa, there are no Af. There are no black people, and so, so I'm like, where, where Disney? Where is now? Nah, I know we have the uh, Princess and the Frog now, but I'm like, you do all these other films mm-hmm. representing people in all these other countries, but then when it comes to a film that is set in Africa, mm-hmm. it's animals. No black folk at all. Not even any Africans. Just animals. Now, The Lion King. I, I'm assuming I haven't done my research. I'm assuming it's probably a you know a story that existed that Disney uh, adopted or adapted, I should say, and that's cool. But I'm like, where is the film that shows the mm-hmm. the African experience?
0: Like the true, not the whitewashed version.
1: Yeah, and so so that that that's I guess in the back of my mind, kind of my ongoing thing. Like that's that's cool, but there's animals. Where why not people? Like where where are the black People or African people. Yeah. You didn't see the hyenas? <laughs> I
0: seen yeah. clothes in Dumbo too. yeah but I'm, I'm like, see hey, I've
1: seen a butterfly. Man. I've seen clips of Song of the South. But hey, we won't just go there. Yeah, Disney.
0: Yeah. Represent but
1: I mean that yeah. that, that that that's that a true history.
0: Is a, it is what it is.
1: That's had it. Yeah. Now again, I know they have the princess and the and the frog. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, even then, like, you got a sister, spoiler alert. <laughs> it's just turned into a to into an animal. Yeah. I'm like I'm not a fan. What what's going on? And I, I still don't think we've had a it's a solid animated Disney film focused on black folk, if you will. Yeah. And I think it's it's long past it is due. time. I mean, we've gotten Mulan, we've gotten Pocahontas, you know. We had Coco. I
0: didn't even see that one.
1: Coco was good. Okay. Right. but these films that, that 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 do a good job of tapping into at least an aspect right there there you know there's not going to be any film there's like there's just like the, there's not any definitive you know eurocentric you know quote unquote white person movie that is tells the story of every white person's experience you know there and there is no cultural film for any culture or people group that's going to mm. be it it will be a sample of a experience, but it won't be the experience, and, and sure. so I'm not looking for it to be that, but I'm looking for at least a slice. Mm-hmm. Give me a slice of 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 life, and it, it with like no anthropomorphism, right? With just people. Now I'm sure a parent or two will die, you know, but that's that's I mean that happens in Marvel films too, but it's mm-hmm. you got know, you got to create drama. But yeah, so that's kind of my issue. So when Lion King dropped, I've always kind of had that chip on my shoulder, like, well, there yeah. There you go, a niche in the marketplace. There's an opportunity.
0: Ha-ha! Creation is the mother of invention? Invention is the mother of
1: creation? What? Innovation. Necessity. (laughs) Isn't it like necessity is the- brain is gone. (laughs) Necessity is the mother of invention?
0: Yes. Is that it? I think so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Yeah. you did it (laughs) right. Somewhere in
1: there. (laughs) You're fired, (laughs) brain. But but I'm so hungry. There's a pandemic going on. I haven't been out in a while. Oh, man. (laughs) Give me a break.
0: Oh, man. Oh, unbelievable. Lion King tangent. But uh, we are talking about Pleasantville. But before we talk further about Pleasantville, uh, let's talk about news and movies watched.
1: All right, so according to Variety... Two YouTubers, Joss Pieters and Archie Manners, ended up tricking Carol Baskin of Tiger King fame into recording her very first post-Tiger King interview by posing as producers for Jimmy Fallon's Tonight Show. These guys went through an elaborate process. And there's there's a (laughs) whole video where Uh, you you watch them. Yeah. How they set this up. I mean, they posed as producers. They finally got a hold of her and talked with her and said, hey, look, you know. And she said, well, we can't talk anything. I'm not, I don't, I don't like how I'm portrayed in Tiger King. We can't talk about any of that. We just want to talk about the cats. We want to talk about the animals. And they were like, yeah, that's cool. That's fine. And they even scoured the Internet, got clips of Jimmy Fallon asking interview questions so that they could use. And then they, and they came up with a reason to give an excuse as to why she wouldn't be able to see him on the Zoom call. And but they just they just played his questions like, wow, they even got her her husband and and, and and lawyer. I forget the guy's name, but yeah, he was the one that that signed off on the agreement, everything. And so, yeah, they were able to, to get Carol Baskin's first post Tiger King interview. Was it entertaining? Was it good? The process of watching the process of how they okay. set this thing up. And it, <laughs> it actually is, is really entertaining. I, I didn't get a chance to finish watching the whole thing, but I, okay. I got up to the part right as the interview was. Was starting but the build-up to it is entertaining as is <laughs> and who is this who are these people again uh joss pieters P I E T R S, yeah. and archie manners they're, they have their own youtube channel they have about 1.5 million subscribers it sounds oh, like they're wow. like from the uk yeah but uh yeah if you get a chance just you just can look up carol baskin tiger king post interview but yeah variety reported uh reported that these are the guys they pulled it off and then they had their, their video in there it's pretty entertaining how they set this up, uh, and I, so I'm curious what the end was like. If they finally revealed that they were like pranking her or or what, but nah. they uh, yeah they they were able to pull it off. Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. Speaking uh, of which, did you did you see the follow up episode? No, I forgot that it even. I remember they saying something was going to happen, but I I had not. Uh, Okay, we'll get into that. Gone back into that world. (laughs) Yes. But speaking of Netflix, though, one of the things that happened is uh, Chris Hemsworth's film, Extraction, Mm -hmm. is slated and on the trajectory to become Netflix's biggest movie premiere. Wow. It's currently available to stream on Netflix, and they're estimating that around uh, 90 million households uh, might view it within the first four weeks, which, again, would make it Netflix's largest movie premiere interesting i'll be
0: interested in seeing like how many american households watched it and then internationally how many people watched it because it seemed like i saw the trailer so it it looks entertaining and it looks like they considered like an international viewpoint so i would be interested in seeing like what are the numbers you know from international worldwide you know here in america and then international and then specifically what countries are watching it
1: but i doubt they'll show us those numbers but i'm interested I don't see why they why they wouldn't. I mean, they're a worldwide company, and they, we know you know, international box office makes or breaks box office. I mean, as, as is, and, mm-hmm. you know, Hemsworth is not American. Mm-hmm. So why why not? But it would be very fascinating to see the, yeah. the numerals. Yeah. And that was uh, according to Deadline. There we go. There we are. There we go. Have you seen the—did th- you see the trailer to that film? I did. Yeah. I watched it a couple of weeks ago. Oh, you actually watched the, th- the trailer or the movie, too? The trailer. The trailer. Mm-hmm. Not, not interested in the movie I am interested in the movie but I, I haven't been watching a lot of films as we'll get to shortly no. okay. there's okay. a lot out there I've got a lot of things lined up but uh, I haven't, haven't dove into it just yet
0: yeah I saw a trailer and I was like maybe later it's like just straight up looking good though well.
1: we have by
0: Zoe Haylock from Vulture.com Regal Cinemas issues a warning to any movie studio considering a pivot to VOD Regal Entertainment isn't banning any movie studios from its cinemas for now the theater chain's parent company, Cineworld, released a statement regarding NBC Universal's decision to consider releasing films in theaters and on demand simultaneously. While they didn't go as far as AMC theaters did, uh, barring all Universal movies from their many theaters, they did draw the line. Regal is not boycotting Universal nor any other studio, the company tweeted Thursday afternoon. We will continue our normal policy and play movies that respect the theatrical window, allowing movies to be released first in theaters prior to streaming or VOD platforms. Regal's policy has not changed, but it emphasizes the need to respect the theatrical window. If not, the film would not play at Regal. In a press release obtained by The Wrap, Cineworld CEO Mookie Granger called Universal's decision to bypass the theatrical window for the Trolls World Tour completely inappropriate and said it certainly has nothing to do with good faith business practice partnership and transparency all our partners called a situation they want to shorten windows for movies that were already released as cinemas are closing most importantly they all reassured us that there will be no change to their window policy once the cinema business return the statement reads unfortunately i missed a similar message in universal's announcement Not only did Universal provide no commitment for the future window, but Universal was the only studio that tried to take advantage of the current crisis and provide a day and day release of a movie that was not yet released. Universal previously responded to complaints by reiterating its allegiance to the current model, but noted that execs were disappointed by this seemingly coordinated attempt by theater owners to blackball the studio Uh, that's Warner Brothers and Disney also moved films to on-demand or streaming in the wake of the coronavirus crisis no one said the war between theater chains and streaming services would be easy but a pandemic certainly didn't help as for right now no movies in any theaters no movies in any theaters but you already knew that again that was an article from Zoe
1: Haylock regarding the streaming wars and theatrical wars (laughs) what do you think man well that came about of course because of a statement made by Universal mm-hmm. and one of their top execs earlier this week mentioning that they were trying to do day and date, right? In theater but also available for audiences to access from home and that set off AMC. Yeah. And they came they came out guns blazing. Now, they gave an ultimatum. They weren't going to all out all out just ban Universal just up front. They would do so if Universal kept on a certain trajectory. Mm-hmm. So Universal has a decision that they can make, and they and they then of course came out with another statement to try and kind of walk things back. Yeah. And then other theaters chimed in as well. But I think that I think that now isn't the time when 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 theaters are fighting and struggling. I think now is not the time for studios to to make those kinds of uh, announcements. Yeah. Um, right now they need to. Work with their partners. Ensure that once theaters open back up, that they have their movies in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Keep that going. Make sure. I mean, at the end of the day, it's their business, and they they decide to pull out. That's that's their their choice. But I mean, have they really set up their business model to be able to handle that with with what they put in on the back end to produce these films? No, of course not. They they're expecting theatrical release. I think it was a mistake to make the announcement at, at yeah. this time. Yeah, poor timing. Yeah, I think the kind of like it's
0: already written on the wall. <laughs> the writings on the wall in regards to the future of the theatrical business, especially dealing with things like this. I think the, the, the exhibitors are going to have to learn how to kind of make adjustments in this kind of situation. Are you going to do more, um, you know, outside theatrical environment where it's so like a drive through theater? Since more people are just are watching at home, you know, that's, like a, that's normal. People
1: have been know. watching from home for, for a long time. People thought, theaters thought when, when the VCR came out, Mm-hmm. And people could buy movies now from Blockbuster or rent movies from Blockbuster Mm -hmm. back in the day, that that would kill the movie industry. And even though we have all these streaming platforms, when the theaters are open, I mean, they are, I mean, how many billion dollar box office movies have we gotten over the past five years?
0: And most of them, I'm, I'm talking more like from an American standpoint, because a lot of those are heavily dependent on like the international, because... You know, internet. They a lot of times the DVDs are very heavy. You know, internationally, it's still a, a good uh, income for some. From an American standpoint, w- they have been suffering. They just the exhibitors have. Uh, I don't know if it's going to go away all the way, but it's it's kind of looking like that. I mean, you have kids that don't go to the theaters at all. I yeah, that's that's not anything shocking or surprising. Yeah, in high school, we
1: always went to the theaters, but like you've seen a whole generation of kids that, that don't do that. Yeah, they've got what they've got so much in the palm of their hand and there <laughs> there is a there is a fight for attention no doubt
0: yeah
1: um there's a definite fight for attention but and it doesn't have to be always always just the the kids and i think up to a certain point also before before say we can talk teenagers right when mm-hmm. they can make a decision to go or to, or do not go they're, they're driving whatever but young young kids right parents can still make the decision make the choice to take them, you know, that's that's still an experience, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's still a certain experience tied to it uh, and some theaters have put in, I mean, AMC has put in a lot of money, billions, into upgrading their theaters, trying to enhance mm-hmm. the experience, right? Trying to find ways to keep it relevant, you know? Trying to find ways to cater to adults by having, you know, a fork in dying, things like that, or, mm-hmm. or maybe only certain age groups, only over 21 allowed into this kind of theater. The Adobe Atmos uh, sound so yeah, they're trying to work different things. You know, trying to go to to a subscription model, mm-hmm. but yeah, no doubt it's it's getting, it's gonna get tougher for sure. But as a whole, going back to Universal, I don't think now is the time to make that that announcement. Yeah, no. Yeah, the shift, the shift, the shift is.
0: It's been historical data's down downward. <laughs> it's just what it is.
1: Sure. So here's gonna be what's gonna be fascinating: is does distance make the heart grow fonder? Right, when something is taken away. Mm-hmm. Is going to be this big bounce back, right? Because we've never, again, never been in a situation like when we are now, as of the recording of this podcast, mm-hmm. right? Where theaters have been, where the experience has been taken away, and people have been inside. Yeah. um Will there be a bounce back where people are like, oh, you know, I want to get out and go and see something collectively with other people, right? To have a, the communal experience of the mm-hmm. theater. Yeah. Versus just my family I've been watching stuff with for, you know, whatever, whatever.
0: We're not itching to go. As a family, my family, we're not itching to go to a theater. But y'all don't go to the theater that often, though. We do. We went to watch Sonic because <laughs> they went to watch Sonic the Hedgehog. Right, right. No, we're not itching to go to the theater at all. I mean, we get... Now, if it was a situation where, say it was, say like a Marvel movie, say it's in the next Thor is on its way and the pandemic's over and Thor is available, me and my son and maybe another son will go watch it sure you know what i mean uh but like it has to be like one of those like eventful like movies that's like all right we got to watch it right but outside of that i mean you get a lot of movies that are good at home
1: no argument there yeah no argument there yeah i'm not i'm not arguing against that uh no, there's no argument against that there's yeah. a, there's a, there's a lot of quality content they that, right that's yeah. available right at home mm-hmm. um me as a single dude again there's plenty of things out I, I can watch Comfort in my own home, but mm-hmm. there are times where, yeah, I want to go to the theater to yeah, see stuff. Yeah, no, do the date, me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I'm like, yeah, hey, go see it, or it was just me, you know. I, mm-hmm. I don't mind going to a movie and just solo, sit mm-hmm. down. You know, the lights go down. I I, I enjoy the theater experience still, mm-hmm. and it's just me, you know, a lot of times. So it's not, mm-hmm. and I'm not having to. It's to not plan. 120
0: bucks to go to the theater. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> hey, and I, that's,
1: I know that's that's a big deal. You know, that's a big deal for for yeah a lot of him and that's yeah and that's not you know start adding in you know snacks and all that kind of stuff oh yeah
0: forget about it
1: yeah so yeah it's going to be fascinating to to see uh what happens once theaters open back up what Mm -hmm. kind of surge Mm -hmm. will it maintain will it sustain will theaters offer something new and different that keeps people coming in Mm -hmm. will they have a new subscription model like hey somebody somebody mentioned that Like back in the day, apparently, with with theaters, I mean, we're talking like, you know, say maybe, I don't know, in the 70s or something like that, you could literally pay one price Mm -hmm. and then you could watch two, three, four movies. At a theater within the course of that that day, like the grindhouse days, some, some, I guess, some something to that effect, and that's that's interesting, like the double
0: features and all that. Hey, they got to be nice to the indie filmmakers, man. That's <laughs> we're still nost- filmmakers are still nostalgic in regards to having their film at the theater. So yeah. some are most of the ones I would they want their movie in the theater if it's a theatrical film like it's been made to and they want people to experience the film mm-hmm. in a the theater. Most of them want to, but if it comes to business money. Hey, whoever gets me the check yeah. is also one consideration. I don't know. I hope theaters will be around us for a while, though. I hope so, too. What you been watching in the movies, man? Any movies, watch, TV, what? What you got?
1: All right. So last night I watched The Long Shot on HBO. Which one was on HBO. came out last year in the theaters. It stars Seth Rogen uh, along with Charlize Theron. Was there an ice cube movie called The Long Shot? And it was a ride-along him and Kevin Hart no it
0: was, he was like a football coach and this girl wanted to play football I'm
1: sorry Let me. I gotta look this one
0: the oh. long
1: shots uh, with an S oh, shots there you are
0: <laughs> those S's <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow 2008's been that long yes it has is that Kiki Palmer yep it is 12 years ago it's in my brain like it's new wow okay okay so the long shots I'm sorry that came to my head when you said that so I was like fair enough Okay, so it is not that movie. No, <laughs> that's
1: that is clear. It is, it is not that movie. This this movie was two thousand <laughs> two thousand nineteen.
0: I remember. Uh, I didn't know that was the name of it, but I do remember the trailer for that. The basically the guy that has no chance. She's out of your league. Yeah. Okay,
1: dude, it was so good. Man. Was it really? It was really good. It was. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed it. I watched it late next night it seemed like it would be a, uh, I think a fun a fun date movie mm. yeah okay and you got obviously you got Seth Rogen like you said you know he's the the frumpy he's smart but he's <laughs> a, he's a, he's a, how's his laugh
0: go <laughs> I
1: can't do it <laughs> he's kind of got a little Muppet quality to <laughs> but yeah, yeah but, it's like groggly and yeah, yeah, when I talk it
0: yeah, hurts kind of weed it's <laughs> like he's developed that voice it feels like yeah. But it was good. It was a good film.
1: It was. Him and Charlize, their own great chemistry. Cool, fascinating little backstory there. But she's she's like the Secretary of State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, man. Yes. Quite enjoyable. Okay. What uh, channel? The Long Shot, HBO. Send the check, HBO. Thanks. And, man, I, I went through HBO. I just threw the movies. And I just I added a bunch of movies to... To my watch list, I was like, "Yo, HBO, man, they've got a lot of good stuff on there right now. A lot of good movies on there right now. All the stars, all these other, all these platforms have good stuff. You can get sucked
0: into a little curated <laughs> <Yeah>. time warp. <laughs> I was just adding stuff like, oh,
1: oh, oh, yeah, yeah, Q, yeah, Q, yeah, yeah, Q, and of course you know it's Alien 40 year anniversary, so they got all the Alien films on there. But yeah. what? Yeah, 40 anniversary on HBO. Yeah, all four, all, all for, uh with the, the first four films. Oh, got it. Got it.
0: Was there any like special documentary or anything, but it's just the four features packaged together? kind of Yeah, thing?
1: just each one. Alien, aliens. <laughs> alien 3, Alien Resurrection. Boom. Bada bing, bada boom, bada bam. What you been watching? Money
0: Heist on Netflix. That was recommended by our brother David, and uh, we're on season four, part four, episode three. Wow. Yeah, that's almost a wrap then. It's about a wrap. It's good. Uh, That's what everybody tells me. It's good. Watch it in Spanish. Don't be lazy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Leer las palabras. Read the words.
0: And after a while, you feel like you can kind of you can get the rhythm of the language. Mm-hmm. It's uh
1: it's kind of cool. It's like
0: yeah. Well,
1: I mean, each episode is like what, an hour basically? Yeah. And you've watched how many episodes, would you say? About 20, 25, 30?
0: Yeah, about 30.
1: About 30 hours worth of Spanish. See, sí. ah, muy bien. <laughs> Sigue
0: adelante. What's the word that's been uh, when you're telling somebody to calm down, tiempe?
1: Uh, uh, Calmate. no, see, it also depends because you're talking about obviously you know different castellano, tranquilo, tranquilo, yes, tranquilo,
0: Yeah. You hear that a lot in this,
1: in this right. joint
0: just because of the genre. So yeah, like certain words, you just like hear them over and over, and you, it comes part of your brain.
1: Repetition, man. That's how we learn, right? Mm-hmm. We learn repetition, hearing hearing that again. again. And context is the yeah, other big thing, right? For sure. When you see, all right, when something is using, oh, okay, that's what that is. All right. Context is is king. So I've got it all set up, man. Again, I've got I got my subtitle set, and mm-hmm. I've got I've got the the Spanish. Audio, original Spanish audio. Actually, I guess I'm doing 5.1 because I want to watch it surround sound. But I've got that set. And so, I'll probably jump into my first episode. It'll be this week, probably Tuesday.
0: Uh, And I like the culture. How they really are into family. You know, Mm -hmm. just the culture. And so, the storylines are involved with, like, family stuff. You know, how strongly someone feels towards a family member. You can just do a whole bunch of stuff with that. You know. And because of their culture, they're moved by that. Mm. And so, uh, when, when someone's acting like they say something like entiendo entiende you know like the way that they do it yeah. and then they also have the accent so they like when they policia you know they say it like that so it's like oh, okay you kind of hear the difference
1: of the accent totally totally and again when you start hearing people from other countries again the way spanish is spoken you you catch those those differences right mm-hmm. somebody from españa versus puerto rico versus mexico or different parts of mexico even the the way things are spoken pronounced certain words just like you know like it is within the states right Yep. Yeah. dialects english regional.
0: the queen's english versus american english oh yeah what was i was about to say they talk about it in the film in the movie in the series um but i will not say anything else hmm. but yeah they mention accents all right anything what else have you been watching but yeah money heist i recommend it learn something don't be lazy read the titles you don't
1: know um i finished uh hashtag black af on netflix oh you finished it i did i did i did one season or what is it it's one season okay it is okay oh man yeah i think is it situational comedy it is it's 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 you can tell from the trailers it's that it's that pseudo documentary style Mm -hmm. like the office like parks and rec okay that's that's how it's set up. by people are
0: so a pseudo documentary style, but is the premise documentarians are coming in to document this family.
1: The daughter is Got the it. documentarian. Got she's it. trying to to make a piece to submit for film school to I get see. into into college. Ah, and good. You know, but she's doing it with her with her family. Interesting. Uh, with her father, who is really technically playing himself, yep. and then everybody else is just made up family members for mm. his, you know to him in relation to him i wish i wish the in the the day i wish the jokes hit better you know i wish they landed better it was entertaining to watch there there are a couple of laugh out loud moments but yeah it it, it leaves me wanting more from a just from an execution standpoint is it something that you try to you trying to put your finger on like man what 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 about this
0: you don't understand Uh, it
1: seems like everything should work but what about this just doesn't quite quite land for me you know yeah it might be the main character himself. i don't know i still haven't quite quite figured out what what is that doesn't work i mean rashida jones though is great in
0: this Rashida's dope when i uh think of the other guy because he's more of a writer producer right and just real he created real life.
1: blackish and grown yeah so like
0: when i see him i don't see him as an actor you know mm-hmm. what i mean even though he can right I, but i don't see him that way i see him more as a producer creator
1: and see i don't have, i don't, I don't would a
0: casting choice changed it? Say him at somebody else playing him, but you keep everybody else.
1: I don't know because the character of who he's supposed to be mm-hmm. is not exactly a likable person. Okay, and so I don't know. Maybe 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 that's maybe that's it. His character is is just not the most likable person. Like the, the family as a whole. I mean, it's very. It's not. It's, it's, these aren't the Huxtables. Oh, of course not, especially yeah. in LA. Come on, yeah, and 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 they're unapologetic about that, and I'm, that's not what I'm expecting them to be. But it's this is like they're like the antithesis of the Huxtables. <laughs> like literally, this is like 2019, 2020. Yeah, totally different lifestyle, and it's Netflix, so there's like no filter. You know, you know, kids are cursing at parents, parents are cursing at kids, and not just not not in a. I'm mad at you like no like this is all like everyday conversation that's pretty terrible uh, and so it's so different in that regards and again that's not like the the, the I don't know it's just something about it it's just so don't different. worry I'll watch it and I'll be able to tell you why you thought it was wet <laughs> All right, but I had, I had to finish it's like man I gotta finish it's like that, how it many episodes like, is it Thirteen, I think. No, 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 not even that many. It's not really? even. I think maybe eight. I think. It's eight I was episodes. hoping that would be
0: better than that, though. I hoping. I was hoping.
1: So was I. And like yeah. the moment that you see in the trailer, like I think like the best episode might be like the last two episodes. I feel. I feel like. I feel like. I would watch a second season of it. I'll put it that way. Okay. Because like, I, I feel like it. it, it kind of developed. Its, yeah, I felt <laughs> it gained its its legs. Like the last two episodes, yeah. I'm like, okay, all right. This feels are. like it's 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 like really hitting They found their groove. Within yeah, it. yeah. That sucks when that happens. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad I, I mentioned that. Yeah, so Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, I, you I figured it to out to mention that. I'm like, you know what? It's towards the end it really seemed to You figured it come out together.
0: Is it a situation where it can be open for another season or it's kind of totally. Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, they could they could find a way to Okay.
0: Do more. Anything else?
1: Um uh, just, you know, some 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 small things. I'm you know, I'm still on my again, static shock, which is still doing its thing. Mm-hmm. And uh I've been on the Guardians of the Galaxy kick. Like Mm -hmm. they have what two movies? Two movies, yeah. But I'm watching like the they have a they had a cartoon that Mm -hmm. was on Disney. That was on it was on Disney. It was on Disney XD, and Disney. You know, from a marketing standpoint, they're they're smart, duh, right? Uh, (laughs) Oh, years of practice. they're they're doing all right. They're doing all right. They're okay, but they're very good at making cartoons that are based on their film properties. The bread and butter, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Imagine, imagine that. (laughs) I gotta make a cartoon but they're very good about lining up their marketing right yeah. so when they have a movie they then will adapt that adapt and make a cartoon mm-hmm. that is is very much in line with with the universe to mm-hmm. at least do a pretty good pretty good amount aligned with the universe with the with the MCU basically okay like when they first dropped uh the first Avengers mm-hmm. they had had an ongoing Avengers cartoon before the first Avengers came out Called yeah. Avengers Earth Minus Heroes. Solid. And it was very much so kind of comic based. Once Avengers dropped and doing gangbusters, yeah. they said, oh, uh, Avengers Earth Minus Hero, All right, cancel. We're done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I we're, see bread.
1: <laughs> we're introducing a new version of the Avengers. Yes. Called Avengers Assemble. <laughs> and all the character costumes, straight up like very highly influenced. By the, by they're the
0: agile. They
1: know how to switch it up. Oh hey. yeah,
0: oh yeah. And <laughs> they and, chase money. I love it.
1: Yeah, and and, and that and that series ran for a while, and even the last season of it, it was it was Black Panther focused. Like yeah. the whole last season was like mm-hmm. Black. I was like, oh my goodness. So again, why didn't get Lion King? I got a, almost a whole season of Black Panther. There you go.
0: Now you got your Disney Black. It's not on the big
1: screen. <laughs> That's
0: the Black. we're gonna still,
1: get. I still need that. <laughs> blackest we're gonna get yeah but in the midst of all this they dropped (laughs) i'll take the blackest thing you can have (laughs) we got
0: three episodes of
1: make it a double (laughs) but in the midst of all this they dropped the Guardians of the galaxy cartoon and again very much so all Uh, in the vein of of the movie characters okay so um i'd watch episodes here and there but you know with streaming stuff like if you don't you know stuff only only so much shows up right on the on their when it was just, you know, on you the search uh, for it. App. Yeah. Yeah. But now since everything is there, right? All okay. the episodes are there. Because even okay. if you have cable, they're only gonna put so many episodes of, of what's streaming. Yep. But with this, everything is how there. how many like,
0: episodes is it?
1: It's it's three seasons. Hey. I didn't realize it was that many. I thought I thought maybe they'd done two seasons of the show.
0: And when they were showing it on before the platform,
1: where was it? Living? Disney Disney XD.
0: Ah
1: oh, the Disney did, you XD You did say that. Yeah. And I, so uh so yeah, so I'm going back and um watching some smart. of that. It's yeah. real smart, and they and they, it totally re, it reinforces the brand. The, the I mean, even, I'm telling you, man, the look of the characters they're pulling directly. But the other thing that they do is that that's smart. It's based pseudo MCU as far as the look of the characters, mm-hmm. but they pull in different storylines from. Obviously, you got you know, forty years worth of comics when it comes to the Guardians. <laughs> they they pull from those storylines, so okay. you kind of get you get some of that that uh, that flavor. Heck, even Avengers Assemble before. Thanos happened in the MCU. Mm-hmm. They did a whole two, three episode arc mm-hmm. with Thanos with the gauntlet, just wow. beating the beating the heck out of the Avengers. It was. I was like, oh, this is bad. These dudes don't stand a chance. Yeah, it breaks off of them. Yeah, <laughs> and they, and they had the Black Order in there, and that was like, like I'm talking like two two years or so before. Um, you know, I think uh, heck, I mean, right right around the time we had Age of Ultron. So anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm on a I'm a, on a Guardians kick. I, I watched.
0: The Last Dance. I'm four episodes in. That's the Michael Jordan documentary. Oh, tripping. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> so I was like, man, what's the other thing I've been watching? It's all right. I got you. Appreciate it, brother.
0: Yeah. The Last Dance, four episodes. At the time of this recording, it's a Sunday, and episode five and six are dropping today.
1: We're sacrificing for you. You know what I'm saying? We're sacrificing for y'all.
0: Quarantine. Edition. We love y'all. Yes. We are in two separate locations. <laughs> 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 This Michael Jordan documentary has, I grew up, I mean, I watched basketball when I was younger and this was like in the heyday. I was like, this was 97, 98, right? Yes, sir. I was in high school and Michael Jordan was the reason everybody watched basketball. Heck yeah. Uh, Once he was done, there wasn't really much going on. (laughs) You know, I was an AI fan because he had, I was into hip hop too, so he kind of, there was a new generation of Uh, uh, Of players coming into the league, but I mean, Michael Jordan was the ticket, you know, that was the whole reason for watching basketball. Once he left, it was over. So, this is just a hey, this this last dance is awesome. You can watch it on ESPN, yeah, it has made me look into myself and you know, question like, you know, what does it mean to be great? You Mm. know, to be great, it's a huge sacrifice to be great at anything, then on top of that. What do I want to be great at? What do you ask you your listeners? What do you want to be great? And then on top of that, like, are you going to leave a mark in the field that you're in? Mm-hmm. Because because of Michael Jordan, like the game has changed. You had like he's created the the fading jump shot. You know, the, well, I mean, it wasn't he didn't really create it, but he made it so smooth and stylized the way that he presented the fadeaway that. I'm, Coaches used to say, like, you're not supposed to jump away while you're supposed to shoot, jump straight up and let go. Jump shot, jump straight up, let it go. They would never tell you to jump away, (laughs) away from the goal and shoot it. Right. Uh, But, you know, he had even, you know, MJ said said something about that. But um, that and then hiring a personal trainer, doing things like that, where he was like one of the first people to have a personal trainer to to make sure that he can last a whole season. So, like, just little things like he just finding different ways to be great at his craft has inspired me.
1: So glad you you brought up this wonderful, wonderful docu series, yes as I was preparing for today's show, you know, I usually go to my streaming apps and I look at, okay what have I, what have I watched?" Mm-hmm. And wasn't even thinking right I didn't go to ESPN, so yeah. I, I, I didn't jot it down, but I love this freaking series. Mm-hmm. It's, you're right. I grew up with M J in the '90s,, Yep. you know, living in North Dakota. Big surprise! We didn't have our own basketball team. Yeah. There was no NBA team. No, nope. so we, we we got WGN as a station. WGN, ah. and we got all the Bulls games. Oh snap! So when I say I grew spoiled. up with the Bulls, spoiled. I was all the all their home <laughs> games. Like spoiled. Yo, and I, you know, I was I was I was playing basketball in you know from junior high, and so like all the all the NBA finals, all six finals. Mm-hmm. Like I watched them. I watched watched them well, just about all of them. the, the last The last one I was actually at a, I was at a camp during that summer, and mm-hmm. so. But you know, who on the radio, you know, how, how they won. But yeah, I watched. I wa- I was watching the game. You know, when they played the Lakers in that first championship game, and watched when Jordan jumped and then went from the the right, right hand yeah. to the left and threw it up, and like we were like, what, what is that? <laughs> and, like you know, because Magic had been my dude. Early, like he's one. That's the first time I ever watched with the Lakers. So yeah. to watch, you know, now Jordan and Magic and squaring off. But yeah, man, this this documentary just brings it all back. And the fact they had all this footage, all this time, man. And Jordan has, um he has editorial approval. Yep, on this thing, of course. Got to like, control the image, man. It's it's very very fascinating listening to a first take with uh, Shannon Sharp and Skip
0: Bayless hearing them go at it. I've been I've been on top of that too, Skip.
1: You. Skip. Skip. Oh. Skip. Skip. Y'all be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Let's look
0: at the goat one more time. Skip. <laughs> Skip. I am just eating this up. Skip. You know better. And you are being reminded.
1: <coughs> Y'all be ashamed of yourself, Skip.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shannon, the thing, you know, I admire it, but oh. Shannon, even though. You know, he he stood his ground. He's like, "Hey, you know what? I'm gonna <laughs> go up in flames with this whole goat argument of LeBron James. He's gonna he's gonna die with he, that he, argument."
1: He, I I, I respect I, I respect his uh, his loyalty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like i I will die on this hill. I will die on this hill solo. I will serve as tribute. <laughs> but man, like watching those two go back and forth, and just the other things that they bring out about the doc, and it's 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 very. Fasting, it's good, and I i love them just going back in history. And I love how it kind of jumps around and in, in, in mm-hmm. the way that it's edited and it goes,
0: whoosh, yeah.
1: back all right to whatever year we you know, talk about. You know, Rodman and the and the Worm, and just how it's highlighting different players and their yeah. abilities. And, and and again, Jordan is being to some degree right. Um, I don't know, transparent is the right word, but he's highlighting people that he knew helped him get to where he's at. True. Right, he gives credit to Scottie Pippen you know gives credit to he to said Rodman. he
0: he literally said without Scottie Pippen there is no Michael Jordan. Whoa. Hey, the best of all time saying that. Take that.
1: Yeah. He knows it. And it, again, and, it, and it's true. No I'm trying to be very very cautious. I'm, like, I'm thinking like I'm like no no typically I'm going to put it that way. Typically no great great player does basketball it without, in basketball. Are you saying are you are you yeah, saying the sports say, general or basketball? I'll say I'll well, say sports. Any sport that has a team element, it's typically not just that one person. Oh no. You know, there's there's going to be at least one other person. Typically there's three people that really make it in basketball in particular. Typically there's there's typically three that are bedrocks. You've got your, you know, you probably have at least one superstar slash all star, and then you might even have two. Wilt Chamberlain. I see Chamberlain came across one, but I, I need to look at who else was on his team, right? Didn't he have, didn't he play with Jerry West? Well, Will Chamberlain is, it's just
0: not fair. He's a freak. It's <laughs>
1: yeah. So, but still, so once you hit the level of, of superstar, all-star, that is what it is. However yeah. much you do in that, in that air yeah. is, is whatever. But typically there's at least, you know, at least one other person, maybe two, because I mean, I can't name them.
0: I can't name the, the, who was with Wilt Chamberlain, you know,
1: I want to say Jerry wasn't Jerry West. Sorry, with the guys. Lakers?
0: Sports, my sports trivia's shot.
1: I know. Jerry, I'm positive that <laughs> Jerry West and, and Chamberlain. Okay, so yeah, we'll delete that. <laughs> uh, typically, we'll, we'll keep it. Typically, typically, okay. you usually have one or two or or three. Right, we can look at almost any team. Yeah, and in basketball, it's
0: it's necessary to get to a championship. Period. Yeah, it's but, needed. You need <laughs> your all five need to be solid.
1: Yeah, but you're right. How they changed the game where they were the team that was winning without without the star center. That yeah. I, I forget sometimes is how big that was. I mean, they 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 broke that cycle, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, because Winnington or Cartwright and Longley and mm-hmm. Winnington, nah, they were they were they were there, but they weren't the show. Great documentary, great docu series. Yeah, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. the last dance
0: it's real good and since it's a pandemic everybody's streaming stuff everybody's thirsting for sports
1: yeah (laughs) for real and you can actually go back and watch some of those games like when you when you're on the channel itself Uh, uh, you can go and you can actually watch like full the full games of those series and i I was was like i was like oh no no, not not just yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but i almost man i almost almost, like i almost watched it (laughs) nah yeah. We know how the
0: story ends. Man. <laughs> They've been showing uh, uh, NFL replays, like the the um, Super Bowl. They showed the Super Bowl the other day. I'm just like, I know how this ends. <laughs> Man, they
1: they they did the whole Cowboys, uh, their Season whole two? dynasty, like all their Super Bowls, like like wow. like a week ago or so. Mm-hmm. Like they're running all their Super Bowls, uh, like back to back to back. Uh, man. Thirst. I got, so watching the doctor's. I got. I was like, man, you know what? I've got, I've got a version of uh, NBA 2K you know what I'm saying? On my PlayStation. And I, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to go and re-download it. Yikes. It was like 2K16, I think. <laughs> but you know, I wanted to download it because it has, it has, it's you MGL. know, yeah, it has those old teams. You know, right. it has the 97 Bulls. I'm like, yeah. So I go, I re-download <laughs> it. And uh, I, I didn't play it a lot when I had it. It was, you know, places Plus thing. Go, download it and it says, you know, uh, data file corrupted. I'm like, what does that mean? Okay, and whatever other data file. I'm like, okay. So it's like starting over. I'm like, all right, okay, no big deal. Because again, I wasn't like playing a season like that. But then it boots up, and I'm like, okay, where's the exhibition mode? I just want to play a game and find a team and go. And then I remember. I remember why I didn't play this much because it forces you to play the my player game. Yeah. So you have to like start off. You got to go from you play like one. I think one high school game, mm-hmm. and then you have to then get into a college, and you got to play like several college games. But two K will punish you. Like if you don't play the game <laughs> like the like right, like a proper basketball player, and like. Mm-hmm. Defend and do this and do that. They punish you for that. Sometimes it will affect how you get drafted. I'm like, Dang. I don't. Like, I don't want to do this. I just want to. I just, wanna play I as just want to play the score. <laughs> I just want to play the legendary team. I don't want to earn it. It's a video game. So I'm like, Dad, gum, man. Do I want to sit and play through, and at least make it to the league so I can open up that? I'm like, Why'd you do this, 2K? That pisses me off so bad. I just want to freaking play them so the <laughs> most I could do was go into the training mode yeah, and then pull up the team and then I, I shot around with Jordan <laughs> that's all I want to do was
0: shoot with Jordan a couple times yeah I
1: shot around with Jordan I'm like alright I got Pippin out alright I think I got a couple dunks in I'm like <laughs> satisfied I, I guess cut it off <laughs> yeah. I actually did want to play at least I'm like 2k <sighs>
0: <laughs> last dance y'all check it out pretty pretty awesome anything else uh, that's it alright let's jump back into the show He's alone. It is. (laughs) And I have a lot of notes. So here we go. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to Filmmaker Commentary. We're talking about Pleasantville, 1998, written, directed, and produced by Gary Ross. Let's get into the synopsis. Two 1990s teenage siblings find themselves in a 1950s sitcom where their influences begin to profoundly change the complacent world. Pleasantville. When did you watch this movie? How did you watch it this time? What are your thoughts? Did you like it?
1: Originally watched it a couple of years ago.
0: Oh, dang. Okay.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe two to three years ago. And I'm not sure. What, I think I must have heard something on a podcast. And somebody must have said really good things about it, mm-hmm. and that influenced me to say, okay, you know, let me go and check it out. But that that would have been it because I I this was movie was never on my radar. Yeah. I remember seeing maybe a trailer for it. No interest back then. So, yeah, I had to have heard it on something where someone said, oh, this is really good, worth mm-hmm. checking out. So, watched it. I remember enjoying it. I didn't have any negative thoughts towards it. Mm-hmm. And going back and watching it again, now I'm like, man, this is pretty freaking good. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I was impressed. Very, very impressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in a, a, a burgeoning um, Reese Witherspoon and, and Tobey Maguire the always entertaining um, Hall 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 the, the one that played father yeah
0: I always forget his name
1: one of the most notable character
0: actors of all time
1: William H. Macy there we go Good William memory. H. Macy William H. Macy uh, and then Joan Allen man she as the, a as the mom she she's amazing mm-hmm. um, but yeah I really I really enjoyed it and it's it's layered and deep which we'll get into but, yeah, I, I was very surprised mm-hmm. by Pleasantville. How about yourself? Uh,
0: my sister and I, we watched this thing when it was on VHS, probably 1999. There was a lot of interesting films going on around that time, man, 1999. Uh, people were really pushing the envelope with certain things. And uh, this is just one of those films was just in our rotation. You know, we might see Pulp Fiction one day, Fight Club the next, and Pleasantville was in rotation with all that. And surprisingly enough, all those movies kind of, like, pertain to our life, what was going on at the time. Just different extremes, of course. But, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that I watched it in the 90s, and um, it stuck with me. And I didn't realize how long, a lot of time has passed. But, yeah, I watched it again. This has been, I haven't seen this film, like, probably, like, 17 years or something like that. So, oh, wow. it's been a while. Uh, but a lot of the imagery... It's still in my brain, and I remember it. Watched it again this time. Watched it with the wife. She didn't know anything about the film, but she was, like, transported into nostalgia when she saw it. She's like, oh, my God. When she looks at Reese Witherspoon's bedroom, like, oh, my God, the 90s. You know, so she was, like, just, she was swept by it. She, she really enjoyed it. Nice, so, nice. So, yeah, good. Watched, yeah. Got the DVD. I wish it was on Blu-ray, but uh, w- I wish I had the Blu-ray version. I don't know if it's on Blu-ray or not, but I uh, got the DVD. Went on and purchased it for three ninety-nine. $3.99. I bet the transfer, if it's
1: done well, would look pretty oh, yeah. nice. Heck,
0: yeah! Special features: it had direct the director commentary, script to screen, storyboard. Fiona Apple did the music video. If you check that out, the the music video is pretty dope. The Fiona Apple music video. Really?
1: I I yeah. I heard the song and and, and Gary talking about it, and then mm-hmm. I, yeah, I didn't get a chance to. I'll have to I'll have to pull it up on YouTube and watch it. Directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh,
0: that's back oh, like Boogie Nights fame, no? Mm-hmm. So like watching. Going back and watching the music video, you're reminded of how creative music videos were in the 90s mm. because they could be in one location. Like majority of the music video, uh, Fiona Apple was taking place at one location. But what the directors were doing were really pushed an envelope at those times, the MTV and all that stuff. It, you, you'll be reminded.
1: There's also a, a filmography um, for the for the cast mm-hmm. that I, I remember because when I got to William H. Macy, I was like, OK, do, I, do they have his credit for The Last Dragon? <laughs> so I was looking for I was like is it on there like I, okay it's on there uh, plus I was curious whenever they did this DVD mm-hmm. I was curious if they would have Tobey Maguire if, if, you know how, how close or far away he was from having done Spider-Man and uh, Spider-Man's not, not on there I'm like okay this was they were hit right. at the time yeah yeah this is well well before hmm. he probably would have Spider-Man dropped what like 2000 so he would he would have after he finishes probably start you know going through the process of casting whatever and probably yeah, starting yeah. get ready for it anyway but yeah Uh, I think there's a feature yet, but I didn't watch the feature yet. What did you think about the commentary? Man, it's deep, man. This, you know, Gary Ross, this guy is knowledgeable. He's deep. I think it hits a nice blend of giving you some of the technical aspects, but definitely also as a writer, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to really dive in into the motivations, the themes, Mm -hmm. and the consciousness of of this film. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed his commentary. Yeah. Likewise, man. I, I really like writer directors.
0: Just they're in that world. They're living it. <laughs> and, you know, he'll come from a, um, a filmmaking background with, with his parents. It, it just, they kind of get a head start on a lot of things. And, uh, it's interesting to hear the perspective of, uh, people that grow up where their parents are actually in the industry and they decide to go that way. And <laughs> they decide to go on and, and, and write direct whatever they do but they work in this industry as well it's always pretty cool
1: i wonder if it i guess i guess it depends on obviously you know what you see your parents go through mm-hmm. Right. how the industry i guess how they navigate the industry mm-hmm. um if they have a modicum of success and mm. it doesn't seem to destroy them right then you know who wouldn't heck yeah you know, one go forward in it now, even uh, even if you have seen them, you know not do well. Maybe you say, okay, it's a cautionary tale, you learn, okay, I won't, I won't do that thing. What kind of themes did you see in Pleasantville? There are quite a
0: few themes. It did, and like the co- the director actually like drops, it's a
1: theme of this, it's a theme of this. But all right, good. <laughs> yeah, he's dropping, he's <laughs> dropping knowledge, man. Speaking of which, knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the themes that I that I put down.
0: Um, the Mary Sue is a character that Reese Weatherspoon is playing and she's in this world of Pleasantville and she's in the classroom and she's like, what's out of what's outside of Pleasantville? You know, she poses that question. Like when we talk about themes. A lot of times a character will blurt out what the theme is. And in that it's like a metaphor. Pleasantville is like a state of mind. You know, you just got to have an open mind, basically. That's what I got out of What's outside of Pleasantville? Mm. And then the whole movie is, I don't know, what what it, you know, trying to solve that. Well,
1: I feel the need to explain knowledge is power it a little bit more. Boom. There you go. All right. Well, (laughs) (laughs) along that same mindset Mm -hmm. is that the people in Pleasantville are blissfully ignorant Mm -hmm. to a certain degree. Pleasant. Yes. Everything is pleasant. You know, no feathers are are ruffled, Mm -hmm. Um, but they're also... I mean technically they're also kind of this imaginary world where everything stays the same, it's it's been scripted. Yeah. Uh, and so they, they are beginning to come to life. They are they are they are learning how to learn. Yeah. Right? Because everything they do is is, is everyday stuff, right? There's nothing new that's introduced to them. They are mm-hmm. they are living in syndication. Yeah. And so when you get these two new variables uh, in in Toby and Reese coming to this place, people begin to to learn, and that creates discomfort, right? Fear of the unknown, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it begins to empower people. And uh, yeah, so the knowledge is power. Knowledge is power.
0: Searching for stability. That's uh, Toby Maguire's character. Toby Maguire, who's playing the character of, I know, like in the in the sitcom, he's called Buddy, right? Is that his name, Buddy or Bud? Maybe but he's he's David. David, told, uh David, who's played by Toby Maguire, you know, searching for stability. You know, he's he's a child of divorce, and it's kind of shown too. We'll go into the cinematography style, just the different world that he's living in with his mom versus a mom that he would like to be. You know, that's taking care of the kids, taking care of the husband. He's kind of seeing that, and he's kind of searching for it, but he searches for it in this Pleasantville sitcom.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I had a theme also of a sexual awakening. Nope. Oh. That's true, yeah, so I mean as as the people's senses as as a whole right and discovery takes place also comes comes sex again these people mm-hmm. were not fully realized right they are oh man I don't know what you would call them they are <laughs> they're not automatons, but they are humanoids almost initially mm-hmm. yeah, and as they have interactions and experiences with real people then more of them gets unlocked, and that includes their their sexuality, mm-hmm. and they begin to discover that, and that all kinds of things open up from there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, there is a, a theme of of, of sexual awakening, and, and sometimes it's represented by you know people coming into color,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, but that's not the only way that happens. So you now the color is not the not the only coming into color does only happen from sex. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's more than that, but there is a definitely a sexual awakening.
0: For sure. Um, the director talks about, you know, clash of values, basically. What are, like, like kind of like the older generation? What are they valuing versus what are this younger generation? What is, what is their set of values? So you you visually see a clash of that. Definitely. Uh, colorism. Boom.
1: We, we see that towards the... the, the <laughs> Literally, <part>. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is, like, literal colorism. But we begin to see that, uh, you know, about the, I guess, three-fourths. Mm-hmm. through the movie more, as more people come into color and, and what their lifestyles represent we begin to see signs and meetings and, and uh, things of that nature so it's kind of tapping into into that uh, that aspect of things uh, I'll just rattle off a couple other ones uh, ignorance is bliss for some fear of the unknown cultural progression mm-hmm. um, when we see them beginning to listen to jazz no, yeah, right? that's very, very specific. Got like, the Eda
0: huh? James song comes on. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, like oh, where'd nice they get touch. that? At? Like right. the logical part of me, I was like, where'd they get that at? But I was like, you know, it's a movie. Yeah, you know, what I mean, let me not try to solve this problem right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's very true. Like, where'd that come from? But it's like, you know, where does the color come from? Yeah, right. It's this well, almost anything is possible, I guess, to a certain degree. Wholesome suppression, sexual aggression, boom, and then enlightenment. Man, so those are themes that I
0: had. A lot of themes, man, in this film. Real, he deep. Was, he was dropping, it. he was dropping. And that's, that's probably why people said it was preaching. You know, it's <laughs> it's got a lot of things going on here. Uh, cinematography style. Um, I got a, uh, what I was talking about just a second ago was just um, the use of, a great use of juxtaposition. So using, well, actually, okay. So I'll just say, like, from a cinematography style, they, um, they, they did a lot of use of uh, juxtaposition, but I'll kind of dive into that more like filmmaking tips because they'll be able to help the filmmakers out there. All right. Um, also, like when he would transition from one character to another, I noticed like the transitions were uh, very creative. So like he'll transition from uh, Toby McGuire's character, then he's at school talking to his friend, and then we hear off screen Reese Witherspoon's character's friends were like, "I can't believe that's your brother," and then the uh, camera was zoom out of Toby McGuire. And reveal Reese Witherspoon that she's smoking. And then, you know, it was like just all in one shot how he would reveal the character. It was the first time seeing her character. And then she's smoking. That's the first shot. She's smoking. She's like, well, I can't believe y'all are related. And she's like, just to my mom and dad. <laughs> it's like it's just funny the stuff she would say.
1: Mm, nice, nice. Obviously, you know, visually, this being presented once they go into Pleasantville, being presented in black and white. Yeah. But if I'm not mistaken, if I heard, if I heard the director correctly, they actually shot it in color. Yes. And then, you know, transitioned it into into black and white. Mm-hmm. That way they were able to have certain things still be clear and pop and just maintain a certain level of, of control. So that was it it works. I mean it's it's uh it's quite even on D V D it's it's mm-hmm. uh, it's quite stunning.
0: Very much so. Also, like the transition, like Buddy's dad when he's revealed when they're when uh, Toby and Reese Witherspoon are inside Pleasantville, and we're introduced to the mother, they're going into the kitchen. We the shots in the fore, foreground. What's a what's the dad's name again? <laughs> the ca- the actor's name,
1: um, William H Macy. William playing H playing M- George.
0: Playing George George. We from his perspective, all we see is the newspaper, and then he folds it towards the camera, and then it reveals the two kids. And they're like astonished about how much food is freaking on this breakfast table. Right. <laughs> then it cuts to them, and then we see them. So like these little transitions, they're like small little transitions that take a lot of time to come up with, but it makes it visually interesting.
1: Very very nice. I put breaking the fourth wall, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure why I put that now. Um,
0: when when they when we're introduced to who's the guy with the remote, Don Nuts. When we're introduced to him, he's in the he's in the TV. Looking at the camera, looking at us, and then also Toby Maguire is looking at us, you know, looking at the camera, right. acting. But they're supposed to be looking at each other. But the, he's breaking the fourth wall so that uh, showing a difference between the sitcom world versus the world of Pleasantville.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that and that's where my mind would go. And it's, I'm like, I feel like that was, I don't know. Cause he could
0: have shot it from a standpoint of it being just a sitcom and it's just being flat and sure. we see, we see them playing in the sitcom. That's what it was.
1: Uh, I, uh, I think that's what it was, but I have it under the, under the visuals. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, a style. Yeah. 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 No, you're right. It is. It is a style because but he had because to make just, choice because just like the, at the beginning when he's watching the show and his mom's getting ready to leave to go on her mm-hmm. date or whatever. Right. I guess it's the day before that, but he's watching the show and mm-hmm. she's on the phone. She's on the phone talking with his dad. That's right. what it is, and and that mom says, "Oh, whatever, whatever we to do." You know the the mom and the and the sitcom.
0: Oh, Plazville, yeah. Uh. And, he, and he
1: says how rare, and then the director says how rare that actually is in sitcoms but they often didn't break the fourth wall like that. Oh, and I then see what had you to mean. Make, Then he had to make a decision in terms of how they shot them in the actual movie mm-hmm. um, to have them be shot in a way where they weren't. There we go. They, they were shot in a way where they weren't just living out the sitcom, like mm-hmm. you said, but they were actually realized people interacting with real people, but in a you know a sitcom a sitcom mm-hmm. based world. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, and so they had you know shoot things a certain a certain way to realize that. That's what I wonder. That's well, why I put it there. Yeah. yeah so okay. I gotcha. Had to had to find my way.
0: Yeah, using real lighting and everything. What's a mother to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that was a good little transition, cutting from that. Of course, they shot on film. It was. Colorful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Last thing I'll mention is the selective coloring that they use mm-hmm. throughout. Yeah. You know, as you first get introduced, I think it's what an apple is the first thing that, that that changes color.
0: No. What is the first thing that changes color? Bubble gum. This is the girl that's blowing the bubble gum?
1: Is that it? Oh, maybe it was a piece of fruit.
0: The fruit does show up later.
1: Right. I can say I can say this later. This is the same girl who ends up going to the dentist. Or going to the doctor and getting checked out because her tongue mm-hmm. is also maybe. maybe I don't
0: know see. if that's the same girl that it's not the same girl that presented the fruit, but it's I think it's right. the same girl that had the bubble gum.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nonetheless.
0: Yeah, it was subtle at first, right? And so, like, the parents are trying to figure out, like, what's wrong? Why is her? Why is it changing colors?
1: Don't eat fried foods. <laughs> right. Just give it a couple of weeks. It'll, it'll. I was it'll like, it's the worst it doctor ever. It's like syndication doc, but yeah, the use of selective color, selective color, mm-hmm. uh, is is pretty pretty impressive. For sure. I, uh,
0: I was trying to figure out, I was like, man, how are they doing this? This is a, cause I've shot I've shot two music videos, maybe three that they specifically wanted black and white. But, uh, of course I'm all digital shooting all digital. And I was wondering how they would do that. And I'll, I'll talk about a little bit more filmmaking tips, but I have two film, two music videos where they introduce a little bit of color into, into the uh, music video. Okay. And it was kind of difficult how I had to do it, but um, I'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, I, my brain was wondering, I was like, how are they doing this?
1: It is very fascinating with black and white films, like just how they pull off different effects mm-hmm. in the old nineteen. Good lord, what year was that? Nineteen thirty something. Mm-hmm. The Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Wow. Yeah, um, yeah, but they <laughs> there's some there's some effects in there that they were able to pull off, and it's because you know the film was in black and white, yeah. and they it just yeah it's pretty stock amazing. is
0: different the stock of film is different not a lot of details it's sometimes they use reversal stock
1: yeah pretty pretty amazing uh some things they can pull off movie magic movie magic quotes what do you got quotes one of the first quotes i have is what were you doing in the library question mark and somebody responds i got lost oh that was uh Reese Witherspoon's character <laughs> yeah at the beginning McGuire's like, asking, what, what you doing on the library I got lost yeah that, yeah that was the beginning when they when they had first <laughs> yes. yes okay I'm trying to remember the context like, no worries I got you I that? lived in Pleasantville today and I watched a lot ah, so yeah this is a week out for me I'm like uh, what was that okay when 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 she mentioned sex to uh paul walker's paul
0: today. walker man he's in here and it's kind of creepy when she first see him he does a turn and looks at her and he's in the car i'm like ah <laughs> <laughs> pretty creepy Mate. and it's in slow motion very creepy
1: mm. stranger danger <laughs> he's like what's what's sex like just <laughs> so innocent yeah what is this place yeah man um
0: i like the quote is it William H. Macy. I will probably forget your name again. William H. Macy. Just think
1: wham without the A. Okay.
0: Dang. Now it's stuck. <laughs> William, H. <laughs> <laughs> William H. Macy. Um, Reese Weatherspoon is going on a date with Paul Walker. They're going to hang out, and Tom McGuire is trying to stop her from having sex with this guy because he's going to ruin this guy's world. Mm-hmm. And then he doesn't catch him in time. But he, So he's outside of his house. And William H. Macy comes out, and he's like, hey, what's going on? And noticed, my sister sis, the sister's gone. Mary Sue is gone. And then he says, but your sister's older now, and she will naturally be going out with boys.
1: Right? <laughs> the
0: way he says it, the tone is funny. And it turns out, he said that they had like a little giggling. Like, they couldn't stop laughing. And if you watch that sh- scene again, that sequence, you will catch them like kind of smirking.
1: Oh. like the. <laughs>
0: The tone, it was perfect. It's it's hilarious. It doesn't read when I say it doesn't read it hilarious, but if you watch it, it is funny. I don't know why it's funny, but
1: William H Macy, dude, he's he is he's such a great character actor, man. He yeah. can do he can play either the I mean he can play whatever at the end of the day, right? He <laughs> he could play the the down in his luck guy, but again, if you ever seen him seen him in Shameless. Oh yeah that's right
0: that's right he isn't shameless yeah
1: he's 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 deplorable debauchery
0: man But your sister's older now
1: (laughs) (laughs) classic father knows best
0: but like it wasn't it wasn't like delivered it wasn't delivered like uh, leave it to beaver it wasn't delivered like that I think it was meant to be delivered like that Mm. but the way he delivered it felt like an inside joke the way that he delivered it
1: (laughs) so (laughs) I don't know it just made it funnier nice Nice. Ah, speaking of William H. Macy, when he gets home, and it's, again, it's about two-thirds of the way through the movie and he's like, honey, I'm home. Honey, I'm home.
0: Nobody's home, no lights. It's honey, different. Honey,
1: I'm home. You know, and he's like just, where's my dinner? You know, like just, <laughs> and so he brought up an interesting thought in in, in in my mind. Yeah. It's like, it's not this guy's fault Yeah. that
0: He's racist. No. No.
1: Sorry, uh, right. Wow. Random. Wow. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. They do like these <laughs> This is Allegedly. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's not this guy's fault that he has been conditioned yeah. to go to work. All right. He's the only one working. Comes home. You know, his wife, they've got, they have a social agreement, right? Social contract that, you know, she keeps the house clean.
0: You makes know, all the food.
1: Makes all the food. Yeah, You know, his his you know two square meals. Everybody has
0: a responsibility.
1: Exactly, two square meals a day, and that if that wasn't going to be there, that she would you know let let him know, give him a heads up. But it's not like he's anywhere he can go to get food. You know, I mean, there's no, I mean, there's the diner place, best for soda, the kids. Was it called
0: the Soda Shop? It's called the
1: Soda Shop. Something. But like I, I, after watching it the same time through, I'm like, oh man, you know, it's not this guy's fault. He didn't do. He's he hasn't done anything wrong. <laughs> but he just showed up there and, he, and literally never been taught how to cook. So you're saying like, so what did you think the first time? I was just like, ah, oh, well, you know, whatever. You know, I'm just kind of <laughs> just watching it unfold. I'm like, okay, sucks for you, whatever. But but the second time, I'm like, oh man, this guy is just. Plus, it wasn't gets home from work and and I'm like, oh man, that does kind of suck. Like, where's where? I'm thinking, where is he gonna go get food? <laughs> he, he he doesn't know how to cook. He doesn't know how
0: to prepare anything. It's it's the line. Um, he's such a good actor that the line changes. Even though it's the same line, the tone of it changes. So it's like, it wasn't like vitriol, you know? He was just Mm -hmm. like, he's really concerned. Like, where's my dinner? It's been here like for the last 20 years when I come home. Where's my dinner? And then as he goes on, he keeps looking. He's like, where's my dinner? Like, (laughs) he delivers it differently. So I was like, dang, he's saying so much in those lines. Absolutely. Yeah, but if you just look at it surface chauvinist pig, you da-da-da-da-da. Definitely open that up. That line could
1: open that up for sure. Without Mm. a doubt. Well, yeah, I just began to see him as, oh, man, this dude doesn't have any food. And and this guy's working, he comes home, and the routine's been broken all of a sudden, right? (laughs) He goes outside. Where's my... It's raining. Where's my dinner? (laughs) And that's also as, again, a a a pseudo-humanoid becoming human at the same time. Yeah, And, yeah, it was just I, I, I felt sympathy. The second time though I felt like legit sympathy for him. Yeah, like ah, oh, he's just trying to get his food.
0: Yeah, which is also a theme, kind of like um, yeah, I guess it's a theme and in, in t- kind of talking about free will and how really these people are slaves to this system and mm-hmm. how they're starting to exercise their free will. Like, you know what? No, today dinner won't be here. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> she's gone. You're going to have to figure something out. You know, and everybody's kind of practicing leaving what they've been used to. You know, the guy, he didn't. What's the brother's name that played in Dumb and Dumber? There was uh, the Jeff mar- Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Phenomenal. Phenomenal actor as well. He's he's in the shop. He works with Toby Maguire's character. And no, he has to wait on instructions for,
1: for him to do his job. And if yes. he doesn't, he doesn't know what to do. He has to wait on Toby initially to do his part. Yeah, right. It's like this. It's a system. It's like a, a slave yeah. to the system. Okay, yeah. A and then B and then we. And then I can do C.
0: And it's always been like that. So why yeah. why would it change today? Syndication lifestyle. Yeah. So when Tom McGuire comes late, you know, comes to work late, he does, the guy doesn't know what to do. Still wiping the counter down,
1: <laughs> yeah, and wearing away the the, the, <laughs> the, the, paint. the finish on yeah. it. I'm like.
0: I didn't know what to do, but this guy started practicing, you know, in free will and was excited. You could see
1: visually in his face, like how excited he is to exercise his free will. It's so fascinating that you typically, when change and, and enlightenment comes, right, then you mm-hmm. get like Renaissance. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, this guy is, is creating and painting and, and students are, are reading. It's like literally like going from the dark ages, right? It's go. like going from the dark ages into this period of enlightenment. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: very true. Very true. <laughs> uh, quote um, When Paul Walker's character is going to talk to Bud about Mary Sue, about asking Mary Sue out. And then he's like, Hiya, Bud. And then <laughs> and Bud's like, Hiya, Skip. And then again, Paul Walker says, Hiya, Bud. And then Toby's like, Hiya, Skip. <laughs> Just that interchange there is like, I oh, bet these guys are good.
1: Mm, um Okay. So, again, also William H. Macy, when he he arrives to the prison where Bud is at, he asks him, he says, is this a bad time? (laughs) (laughs) There's nowhere to go. He's in prison. (laughs) Is this a bad time? This guy's not going anywhere. (laughs) That just cracked me up. man. I'm like, of course it's not a bad time, man. He's just there. Come on, sit
0: down. Oh man. In in this world, it's a sitcom that Toby Maguire's character knows. He knows the whole story. He knows the whole backstory. He knows all the, he knows everything about this place. And so this girl starts liking him inside Pleasantville and she bakes cookies for Bud that Toby Maguire's playing. And then he knows in the episode those cookies are for somebody else those are Whitey's cookies. <laughs> Even the director says, like, that was a metaphor that he intentionally put in there. Mm. Those are Whitey's cookies. And, <laughs> and he's telling the girl that, like, I bake these cookies for you. She she bakes cookies for um for Bud. She's baking them to so show that she likes them. And he's like, no, 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 you baked those for Whitey. She said, no, I bake them for you. No, you baked those for Whitey. I baked them for you. And pushes them in his chest, you know, pushes, like, she's choosing you yes. by baking the cookies. Yes. And so he takes them. And then later, when, what's our guy, I, uh, the remote control guy, what's his Don name? Don Nuts. Don Nuts. Those are widest Cookies. <laughs>
1: Man. When yeah. he says that later, it's hilarious. <laughs> Those are widest Cookies. Oh, Don Nuts. But yeah, that's, well, I have one more quote, but I don't know the context of it, so I'm going to leave it alone. <laughs>
0: What did it, what was it what it say? I could it
1: says I won't dear and I have got a feeling it's something that the wife says to the husband Oh yeah 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 And I'm trying to figure out if it's uh when she's leaving yeah oh like, yeah I, I think mm-hmm. I, I think he's like laying out you know you're going you're going you're going to go to this meeting and the, yeah I think mm-hmm. the, the are set. meeting said yeah and he's, and he's like you got to go and, and she's like she kind of gives him a quick breakdown on how to you know warm up some food or whatever and he's like no you're going to and she's like no dear, I think it's just a no dear. I won't. <laughs> yeah, and then, it's kind of sad seen.
0: scene. It's uh she's basically moved on from this marriage, and there's going to be a town meeting with the coloreds and, mm. the, and the black and white people, and just to figure out you know what they're going to do without using violence and stuff like that to have a, like a code of conduct.
1: I didn't really notice until the second well, the, the, during the commentary view mm-hmm. that they have a, all all the coloreds uh, up yeah up, 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 up ain't ain't the balcony. It? I'm like mm
0: mm-hmm. mm. Mm. William H. Macy right right. now I can't get rid of it when he's explaining to her he's laying the law down he's a nice guy so he's like you're going to come here at 6 o'clock he's like kind of holding his hands out like kind of laying it literally laying down the law Mm. (laughs) you're going to come at 6 o'clock you're going to have dinner here you're going to do this you're going to do that and she's like no (laughs) man wow you can just see his like what he thought he was laying down the law, it is not happening. It's a wrap, son. You're done, son. You're done.
1: Tropes. What do we got for tropes? Trapped in fiction. Trapped in fiction. Yeah, it's like whether it's the never-ending story, whether it's Labyrinth. Ah, okay. You know, people have you know, whatever, you know, Tron, mm-hmm. you know, where somebody's passion that they love, somehow they get sucked into the, the world of the fiction that they enjoy. That's pretty cool. It's a never-ending story. I like the
0: those adventures. Labyrinth. I think about Pan's Labyrinth. I'm like, no.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <different> yeah. <laughs> I mean, both have some dark aspects. It's dark. But, um, dark dark yeah, fairy tale. I, yeah, I've, 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 I've seen it. And I was like, oh, dear God. What is that thing?
0: <laughs> uh, tropes, you got the overly-sexed teenage girl waiting for her potential boyfriend as parents are gone for the weekend.
1: Mm. Sibling rivalry
0: gets resolved. Ah, uh, visually, a visual trope, you have the red apple being presented by a woman to a man and he eats it. Ha ha. It's a lot of biblical stuff in here.
1: Mm hmm. Um, the underdog boy finally stands up for himself. Uh-huh.
0: This is a classic boyfriend throwing rocks at the window. We saw that in school days.
1: Uh uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quite different result, but yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, a wife's. Sexual awakening. No,
0: this is one that's kind of it's kind of dark, or I don't know, depends how you look at it. Um, and I've been kind of looking into this recently. It's like the crucifixion pose, the Jesus Christ crucifixion pose, and you see it in, in movies a lot. in In this film, you see when the rain comes and Toby Quire is like, "Yeah, it's right you know, does the pose. But then if you look at a lot of um, Superman, Man of Steel, the crucifixion pose as he He's like, he does it. I
1: know he's like in outer space and he does it, and then I guess he's right, right. he's, I mean, he's got always had messianic uh, uh, iconography around, yeah, around him. Okay, and he's he's sometimes seen even as a version of Moses because just like in the you know, he gets sent away from his parents to another place, Mm -hmm. just like Moses gets sent down the Nile to the Egyptians.
0: Boom, then you have Ripley in Alien 3. She gives herself away. Mm. She has it.
1: Um it's in a lot
0: of Spider Man movies.
1: Um Yeah, Spider Man too, when they're when after he saves the subway and they're passing him along in, in crowd surfing style without his mask.
0: And uh in Iron Man when he uh, the first one when he's when we were first introduced the Jericho to Jericho. The... Boom. And one of my frat brothers had brought this up a long time ago. He said this this pose is used a lot in just Hollywood and depending on how you look into it you know it's uh, it could be like in a
1: blasphemous way we don't know but anyhow I noticed the pose in here it's fast it's fascinating that you mentioned that because I remember and this this is like at, at random but I remember one of the some band member I think he was a part of uh Jane's addiction maybe mm-hmm. maybe a lead singer or whatever but he went off on this rant like about Michael Jackson mm-hmm. and said, you know I'm so tired of him you know you know going around and he and he does this this pseudo Christ pose. Which you know, Mike would do a lot, right? He would yeah. you know stand hands out and then, you know kind of you know rock with it or whatever. But yeah, very much true. so, yeah. He would he would rock out that pose. But anyway, that just came to mind when you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. It's in, in entertainment too. It's all in there. So that's that's gonna be one thing I'm gonna, I'm gonna look into that a little bit. Go ahead. Just remember something else that I've been watching. I don't know why this this <laughs> brought it up because I've been watching this. I've been watching it on on YouTube. Oh, oh, okay. But there's a series by Vice. Okay. Called the Dark. Dark Side of the Ring. Okay. So it's all produced by actually by a wrestler, Chris Jericho, who's mm-hmm. currently you know, wrestling in an AEW. Dude, oh my goodness. I, I, was, I was trying, I was, like, man, I was like, I've been watching something that's been taken, yeah. <laughs> Something's dark, taken, Dark something. Side of Wrestling. The Dark Side yeah, of Wrestling? Me, dark Side of the Ring. I'm sorry, dark it's called Dark Side Ring. of the Ring. Holy smokes. It is, it is phenomenal. It's so well done and it is, it, it's, It Wrestling is a very dark sport, period. Heck, yeah. So many, like, premature deaths, but this is diving. I mean, it, it this, it dives into Chris Benoit. I don't know if you're familiar with who, who he is. Um, no. But it dives it dives, it dives into his story. It actually has to do his in two parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I won't go into detail about it, but it's a big, big deal. Okay. What happened with Chris Benoit was a big freaking deal. You're talking about a, basically a world champion mm-hmm. wrestler, who who ends up initially everybody believes that that uh, he and his family have been murdered. Oh, at yeah. His home.
0: I heard the story. Never mind. I yeah. am familiar. I just didn't know his name.
1: Yeah. Uh and that dude, I loved Crispin Wall. Like that I mean, I that was my dude. Like he was on my favorite wrestlers. I had Thanks. I was devastated. And then and then and then all of a sudden New like news. a couple days later, you find out that it was a it was a murder suicide? And you're like, what?
0: Yeah, world changed.
1: Dude. But yeah, they go into detail with this thing. And they, anyway, so there's that. They, they have an episode on, on Macho Man, Randy Savage, and and, and Miss mm-hmm. Elizabeth. And like, so much of you know. Jimmy Snooker, Superfly Jimmy Snooker used to, you know, and jump off the top ropes and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Yo. And then there's one with Bruiser Brody. But the one that I watched most recently is one with this guy named New Jack.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: My God. He was a hardcore wrestler in the 90s. hmm and dude, this guy is nuts, crazy, <laughs> but inter so entertaining. Yeah, but yeah, dark side of wrestling. Oh, can't recommend enough. But it's by Vice. You can find some. You How can many find episodes is it? Oh man, there's two seasons, but the seasons are like short, like a couple of episodes, like two or three. Okay. Maybe three or four episodes per season. And they're only in like the second season, but it's so well done. Anyway, but yeah, this, for whatever reason, sparked that. The Jesus Christ uh, sparked the dark side yeah. of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Just the, the crucifixion pose, because they've done some crazy stuff in, in wrestling. Heck yeah. And it made, it made me think of ECW, mm-hmm. which is where New Jack wrestled. And at mm-hmm. one point in ECW. They they one wrestler they did like a crucifixion thing with one wrestler and yeah and because Kurt Angle was gonna start with ECW instead mm. of WWE but when they did that he was like I'm never coming to this place and if you mention that I've been here I'll sue you and that's, <laughs> that's when he went ended up going to WWE but I digress darkness Oof. the underbelly of entertainment
0: indeed all right anything else
1: in quotes uh, for tropes, oh wait we were doing
0: tropes my bad no anything worries. else in tropes.
1: Uh, small town rejects change, and uh, a spectator becomes an activist, which is Bud's kind of arc. Right? He starts off as it's a spectator of the show, yeah, and then before you know it, he's become an activist for the for the change uh, mm-hmm. within within this place. Before he wants to preserve everything, but now at the end, he is spearheading the change. Favorite scenes? <laughs> Fire! <laughs> Fire! <laughs> you gotta explain. So. I guess that could have been a quote, uh, also.
0: <laughs>
1: so, at at one point, as the as the town is experiencing all this change, at one point, <laughs> the the mother uh, she experiences her first. Oh, okay. Her first uh, maybe sexual. I can
0: maybe I can you know, you got to tag, tag in, in. All, right, all right. All right. So, favorite scene for me was. Um, the mother doesn't know anything about sex Mm -hmm. so she finds out about sex through Reese Witherspoon's character Mary Sue Yes, and she's like I don't know about sex you want to know and she's like yeah tell me okay and then she said well your father would never do that (laughs) and so she said well there's a way that you can please please yourself without father mm -hmm. and then so she goes into the tub she starts diddling herself (laughs) (laughs) diddling herself and then uh, while she's orgasming Orgasm and climaxes, climaxing. Um <laughs> A tree bust, combust. It just goes into combustion, spontaneous combustion outside, on fire. The tree in front of their house,
1: black and white, but you have this tree in, in, in live color, you know, real color fire. You yeah. know, you know, somewhat, you know, burning bush esque. Uh, I think the director actually makes mention of, of that. It wasn't intentional, but it kind of comes across with that. Uh, that way. Yeah.
0: Burning bush. I, I, that's the first thing that popped in my head. And because there is other biblical things kind of, kind of in there, the religious or whatever you want to say.
1: Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, Bud, you know, sees this tree on fire and in, and, and he knows that there are firemen within Pleasantville because this first day stepping out of the house, he sees a fire truck speed around the corner, stop, and the men get out and they settle out on a tree and they go and rescue a cat. Yep. So, He runs to the fire department and he's yelling fire fire and these guys and he's inside the fire department, he's going upstairs to where they're at and he's yelling fire to them and they are looking at him with this blank stare. Yeah. No emotion. They're looking at each other like what's what's this guy talking about? And then he says cat and these guys jump into action and they speed to the to the scene and have no idea how to put out a fire until Toby. You know, turn, shows them how to turn on the hose and use it and they're like oh that's what those things are for I'm like oh man this is not
0: good and the burning bush is just a perfect visualization of sexual combustion mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's, it's perfect one of my other favorite scenes is just when all the kids are playing basketball in the gym and they shoot at the same time and it all kind of goes in I'm like man that's a cool little trick I want to know how they did that and then um, a scene I think it's the same scene you see Paul Walker's character react to Toby saying, hey, you know, it's probably not a good time for you to ask my sister out. And then Paul Walker's character is like kind of pissed and he throws a basketball and, and it almost goes in to the basketball and it kind of got a loops, loops, loops around and then it pops out. This is the first time this has ever happened in the city. And then all the guys are looking at the basketball like, uh, don't touch it. Like, the coach yeah. is like, oh, <laughs> don't touch that. <laughs> they don't know what losing
1: is. Like, what is that? <laughs> oh, man. Man that like feels somewhat metaphorical. You yeah. know, like we're just so used to winning, you know. <laughs> Man. Interesting. Any more favorite scenes? Uh also yeah, when, when Toby does take the cookies from the, the the girl. Yeah. Um oh and then my my other one, the last one I have is when he puts the makeup on his mom's face. Yeah. You know, she's so scared, so terrified and he's like here, you know, sit down and 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 he. It's just, it's just, it's a, a, a wonderful tender moment, and he's he's trying to protect her. It's so crazy that I, I just thought about this again. You mentioned the scene where you know Reese is explaining sex to the mom. Like these, these kids are parenting their parents. Yeah,
0: and so in that scene that you're talking about, just to kind of explain a little bit more. Is that? You know, she did the whole diddling herself, and then she's supposed to be getting dinner for um, the guests that they have for the father. But she's scared to come out, mm-hmm. and um, you know, the father's like, "Come on, c- come on out, dear." But she's not responding to him. Toby McGuire goes in there, and we discover that her face has turned into a color. She's colored face in this black and white world. Yes, and she's te- terrified, petrified, horrified. She doesn't know what to do. She doesn't. So Toby gets her makeup keep, in,
1: trying to keep appearances. Yeah,
0: so the makeup actually covers up the color, which okay. is a cool visual thing.
1: It is, and they used a green. Yeah, yeah. they used a green. It had a special, a special green makeup, mm-hmm. uh, so they could uh, change colors or apply color to it. Changes color, text technically. So <laughs> been in green. Man,
0: and we can get into that into the filmmaker tips. Um, is that it for favorite scenes? Yes, sir. Trivia. The director was raised in Hollywood in a Hollywood screenwriter screenwriter's household and which he saw his father work at home and his jobs were mostly there at the house up at the stairs, just making up stories. It's just normal for him. And because that middle America is actually exotic. So him knowing that um, a father that goes to work for money, like and money is a problem is like it's not
1: normal you know for for how he was raised right exploring problems because that's interesting so it's the kind of opposite of writing well so it's not it's like the opposite of writing what you know right it's kind of like writing what's what's interesting I guess he's working in in, in themes and beliefs but if he didn't know that kind of struggle you know but Mm -hmm. huh interesting
0: I kind of want to talk about his approach a little bit I don't know where this would fit in but like he when he's deciding on like how to work on a project uh, he said he tends to find a high concept premise that is familiar and figures out a way to go to dive into it in a deeper way for example he did uh, his other projects were uh, big so that's a boy trapped in a man's body Uh, another one was I can't think of the name of the that was called Dave And it's a guy who looks like the president. Right. And then another one. Oh, and this one is just kids beamed into a television uh, sitcom. So he takes like a simple high concept approach. And then how can he make it deeper? And how does he make how does he explore ideas? That's a catalyst for human behavior.
1: That's right. Yeah, he totally, he totally talked about that. I would definitely be interested in seeing if he has commentary on any of those movies. Wow. Big or Dave.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You mentioned another one, didn't you?
0: Well, it was it? Was, it was actually this, this one. Was I was okay. explaining just the high concept part of it, make like how it was real simple.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would definitely be fascinated to hear him talk. He, he about did those. Ocean's Eight. Mm. He doesn't. He doesn't do a. He doesn't direct a lot of movies. Yeah, he's very uh, selective. Mm-hmm. I wonder if does he if he does like more like TV or just or maybe just just writing. My trivia was what I mentioned earlier about them applying the the bright green makeup to Joanna's. Uh, face to mm-hmm. turn it into black and white pleasantville films from the bomb report uh
0: was the first feature film to be almost entirely digitized and they had to digitize to have the black and white color instead of shooting it in black and white it's easier just to shoot it in color and then do black and white in post yep and like i was talking about earlier that's how i did my music of course that's how i did my music videos color change the change the tint high contrast do what you got to do to make it
1: any other trivia No yes, sir now it's time for filmmaking tips. You can't transcend a bad casting choice. Man,
0: oh man, we've heard this so many times in the, on these commentaries. Casting is
1: very important. Yes, I think casting directors should. There should be a category in the Oscars for casting directors. Didn't we have this debate before? We did, <laughs> and I still stand by it.
0: I don't. I, I don't remember what my stance was at the time. <laughs>
1: probably contrary but it's all good yes that's, that's, that's what we do that's the, that's the beauty of it all
0: conversation <laughs> there and was contrary. a reason though and i think it's more like kind of like how the unions and how the stuff
1: is set up well i think i think just like with any category right you mm-hmm. set parameters and those again i have to meet those parameters right if something where the director was the one who cast them oh. then then that doesn't count right but if the casting agent literally cast those people sure the director has. that's where the discrepancy is that's what it
0: was because this director specifically said he always had Reese Witherspoon as his choice for the daughter Mary Sue but his casting director were probably you know feeling for some of the others that's why I think that's where it's like you know who's going to get credit for that a director
1: having somebody in mind and, and then casting them and then casting one person, even, we, if, even, if, even 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 Tobey Maguire too. He was also in Sea Biscuit, which he wrote. Sure, but Joanna, did he cast her? We don't know. But again, all I'm saying is that you set parameters, <laughs> okay. right? Yeah. So if 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 let's say, um, I don't know, maybe it's your. Uh, your your um, supporting actors mm-hmm. or whatever or the whatever, 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 whatever whatever the parameters are yeah. you meet those parameters and it's not a problem and if you don't meet the parameters then they won't be in the category that that, that casting director doesn't meet the qualifications and once you set the parameters it's not a problem yeah I
0: think they should set the parameters it's um, because they're letting some of the other people starting to come in like the stunt coordinators and all that right Is the stunt coordinators because at one point in time that wasn't a thing, and now it is a thing? Or is that still no, not a thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
1: said I don't think it's a thing.
0: Or was it special effects? Was it special? I'm trying to remember. Like, it was a category that nobody considered, and then it became
1: yeah. They've nominated. There have been some categories that have come and, and gone. Um I thought Starcunators. I don't know. I don't think it's there. I don't think it's there yet. I think there's been talk. There's been talk of it, but it, I don't think it's there yet.
0: I'm trying to remember what we talked about this on the episode. I can't remember what episode it is. Because
1: yeah, definitely special effects options is there. Obviously, you know, animated yeah. animated features got added after Beauty and the Beast yeah. had got nominated for Best Film. They were oh let's, let's make It this is stuff. not they a film, a
0: this movie. is a cartoon. <laughs> it's
1: an animated feature. Okay. It's an animated feature. <laughs> but no, I I think the yeah, I think casting directors should I
0: agree, but they got to get the stipulations right. They got to get course. it right. Like with everything, right? It's hard. I
1: mean, it's, it's difficult. At all. I do I won't disagree with that. It's <laughs> it's not uh, enviable for any of these categories, right? I mean, you know, the Oscars, again, remember, they, they were going to, last year, uh, they were going to make, they had made a, cat, they were making a category for, what was it, like pop most culture? popular. F- yeah.
0: To kind of appease
1: the Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Forget
0: that. People like, what the dumb. hell?
1: Very dumb. Yeah, and they backtracked, but... <laughs> I think you're not going to get pushback for casting direction. I think, I think, I think the industry as a whole would be like, yeah, you know. Um, again, provided that they meet whatever the parameters are, and then whoever you have who judges that, because man, the Oscars is the whole process. Man, it's 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 weird, like how they go about mm-hmm. the whole movie selection process. Who watches what and who votes and and what percentage of that 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 that. that. Anyway, but uh, Oscars. Oscars, <laughs> but you can't transcend a bad casting. <laughs> there you choice. go. Um, and the director speaks to that. And yes, he did have uh, Toby in mind, and he did have Reese in mind. Um, was there somebody else that he? No, I think I'm thinking of. Think, uh, I'm thinking of, of of what was said in the previous film that we watched in um, Twelve Wars. Monkeys. Twelve Monkeys. When they talked about the the two boys. That they wanted, they were playing the younger Bruce Willis. They they Uh, cast one kid who had (laughs) talent, another one who who had the look. Yeah. And then they found out quickly. Now we got to go with the one with the talent, because the one with the look wasn't cutting the mustard. Get him out of here! Get out of here! Cut! (laughs) Get out of here!
0: Okay, so filmmaking tips. Uh, There's a scene what it says. uh, What looks like a normal neighborhood for a second, then you feel something is weird with this or strange with the neighborhood. It's a scene where we're. It's the beginning of the film. Maybe a couple minutes in and we see this maybe security car or patrol kind of vehicle come towards us like, OK, going into a suburban neighborhood. And then you see the suburban neighborhood and there's no cars there, like no cars. This is the only car going into the suburban neighborhood. And it's like kind of eerie. It's it's weird. It's like something's wrong with this picture. And then it cuts to Tobey Maguire's character watching TV. But uh, he gives credit to Alfred Hitchcock on doing this kind of technique taking everything out
1: yeah he shows a couple of uh spots within there's some hitchcock
0: he's been studying references. Man. You, you could tell
1: yeah but it's funny because again in our film from from last time in 12 monkeys they also mentioned multiple hitchcock references i mean it's hitchcock right I mean, his his influence is pretty big
0: kind yeah, of a big beat it is it um uh, but uh, like i was talking about it's just leave a mark on your industry some kind of way you know, what what are you going to leave behind, whether it's a project, it's a, it's a work that everybody's affected by, or what are you doing to push it further?
1: And Michael Jordan's documentary has inspired me to think about that. <laughs> Jordan always was good at elevating the game of others around him. There you go. All right. So uh, <laughs> another tip that I have, my only other tip is no, I actually have two others. And you actually made reference to this. Obviously, excuse me, you can shoot in black and white and then adjust the contrast afterwards to make something look like it was. Excuse me. You can shoot in color and then, you know, said adjust the contrast uh, afterwards to make it look like it was shot in black and white, which is a good part of what they what they did here.
0: Okay. Um, you can emphasize he emphasized the satirical world by visually emphasizing breakfast. When we see breakfast, you're literally looking at like a hundred, oh, it looks like a hundred pancakes, maybe 50 waffles, a hundred pieces of sausage. Look at all of it looks good, though. It really did.
1: <laughs> oh, you
0: <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Yeah. Eggs is just, just gorging, just throwing it on. And
1: then a steak
0: <laughs> To finish it off. So that looked like our breakfast a few days ago. We have so many kids that it's like breakfast is just always something cooking. It's a feast,
1: a cornucopia.
0: You have to. Kids are hungry, son. Mm. Uh, What else you got?
1: Help actors have a sense of freedom to feel comfortable in their character, place, and time. Mm -hmm. And so I think uh, Gary mentioned that he, he likes to storyboard things, but he also realizes the importance of, of, of that, making sure that his actors basically can collaborate. Yeah. um, And that as they're finding their character, that they can be able to, to have insight and input in. And again, ultimately, feel comfortable in in the place and time that their character needs to exist. Um, mm-hmm. Be able to bring, you know, oh, my, I don't think my character would do that or, or say that that way or whatever the case might be.
0: Yeah, because some, and I think he was saying that because he's a writer director. He's a writer. Um, some some writer directors are like, these are the words that they're saying. Mm-hmm. This is like don't add anything else in. And some actors respect it. You know, sure. they're just like, hey, you know, this is this especially they respect the materials like this i'm gonna say these words
1: right i'm i'm with the open keeping it open <laughs> Right. whatever's gonna be best for the for the project mm-hmm. for the for the for the adaptation of screenplay to edited production
0: especially if the actor is really spending time with this character and starting to know this character more than what's written there uh they really know what that that character's gonna say.
1: That exploration, yeah, living in that in that headspace. Mm-hmm. You know, like Brad Pitt again, I can come back to twelve months, I don't know why, but <laughs> like Brad Pitt going and staying at it a, a you know, a insane asylum. Brad Pitt's nuts, that's why like, wow, that's that's method. M E T H O D, man. <laughs> um
0: if your actors get into a giggling fit, which was a scene with William H. Macy and told me, McGuire, your sister's older now. <laughs> so she's naturally going to see boys. So they start, they couldn't stop giggling. It was over. They mm-hmm. couldn't stop. It's actually funny to see behind the scenes. I don't know if they have it on this one, but behind the scenes when when actors cannot stop laughing and there's nothing you can do. They actually get mad. They start getting angry. They start getting pissed at themselves because they can't stop laughing. Right. It's funny seeing that. It is funny. But uh, if the, you ever, if your actors get into a fit, just move on. Move on to the next side. You're not going to fix it. Become technically proficient so that you can tell a better story. And basically, he was one of the first people to digitize a whole movie, <laughs> the digital majority of this movie. And it was f- so he can tell the story, show like the colors and how they were changing colors, stuff like that. So he had to learn technically why it was better to do it digitally versus trying to shoot color and black and white stock at the same time. There was he probably would have ruined his film if he did that. or the. The, the pay, the budget would have been astronomical if he would have tried to do it that way. You know, mm-hmm. trying to learn while doing it. So it's a good thing that he did a lot of tests to see if this would be able to work, be able
1: to pull this off. Totally. It would have been oof, an even bigger loss than, than what it was. <laughs> the loss that they already have.
0: However, this film has made money. According to the bomb report, how they financed this film was uh, they sold like the foreign rights. Uh, pre-sold they pre-sold the foreign rights to raise a part of the the budget and so when the movie released um and the theaters it became like a wash from a theatrical standpoint but we're not of course again we're not talking about vhs dvd blu-ray and now streaming because i watched it on stars streaming on stars and then and then i watched the commentary on the dvd
1: yeah that's true whenever we give that box office that literally is just based on the theatrical. yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah, it would be sometimes we can look at the numbers literally like the website the the numbers yeah there you go but sometimes it doesn't a lot oh, of times it does not no studios me.
0: are going to give that information up dude I'm telling you I think so many people will be surprised on how much films that we thought bombed actually made hundreds of million dollars but some people are going to be pissed and sued
1: right because <laughs> then they're like oh you said it didn't make any money you're supposed to get points on the back end uh well uh. Uh,
0: yeah <laughs> about that uh <laughs> I don't know how Hollywood gets away with this murder, literally, and well, we just, metaphorically.
1: We just, we just said it. Don't, don't give all the numbers <laughs> out. Well, technically, it may be. <laughs> There's
0: so many gag orders in Hollywood, it's funny and ridiculous. But hey, what can you do?
1: What are we going to be doing next time? <laughs> <laughs> next time on Filmmaker Commentary, we will be diving into Hot Fuzz. Okay. And this episode of Filmmaker Commentary has been sponsored by Natural Hair, the movie by Grind of Matter Films, which is available for purchase and rent on Amazon Prime, as well as Vimeo on demand. Please check it out and leave a review. There you go. And you can catch us where? Facebook.com forward slash Filmmaker Commentary. We are also on iTunes, where you can like and subscribe to our feed, as well as on soundcloud and stitcher radio you can connect with us via twitter you can connect with reginald at reggie titus and myself at KCG smith 32 we'd love to hear your thoughts what you guys think of the podcast what are your favorite episodes and what are some films that you would maybe like us to tackle that do have commentary you can also connect with us on instagram simply at filmmaker commentary you can find reginald there at reginald titus jr that's jr and again myself at casey g smith 32 until next time peace respect